This is the VIP Late Lunch with Lee Sterry on the Voice of Niagara, News Talk 610 CKTB. Well, here we are. It is a Thursday. It is 105. It is the VIP Late Lunch, and that means Legal Matters with Chris Richard of Graves and Richard, Niagara's largest personal injury law firm. And uh, I almost forgot that we had to turn the microphones on because here we are just chatting about, we're talking about Broadway plays, we're talking about stuff, and of course, baseball from last night. I think people would be uh, disappointed if we didn't say something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> About about baseball. I mean, we've talked about losers all year long. We might as well talk about the losers. Uh, uh, what an incredible World Series we had this year! It was it was great to watch. I, although I'm kind of looking forward to my sleep pattern being able to get back to normal. I understand. I understand. <laughs> I, I I rolled my uh, bum into bed about one o'clock uh, this morning, and that was late for me. But yeah. uh, it was a it was just a terrific uh, process to watch. Yeah, we learned early that you the game isn't over until the last. Out no and, kidding, uh, and so you had to stay up uh, right to the end. And great series. I mean, I was a complete objective observer in the sense that I would have been reasonably content uh, had either team won. But uh, but by the end, of course, I'm cheering hard for the Astros because yeah. uh, they're they're a pretty easy team, I think, to to cheer for. I, I was kind of the same. Uh, I have a soft spot for the Dodgers because I remember back in the day, I'm old enough that uh, I remember Sandy Koufax in 1963, right. uh, Don Drysdale a little later than that, and uh, some of the other great players, and Tommy Lasorda, I thought was one of the great baseball managers of all time. Um, but that being said, when it when push comes to shove and it gets down and dirty, I have hardly ever been able to, with the possible exception of the Cubs or the Mets because of their curse, uh, been able to root for a National League team. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've been American League my whole existence for some reason I don't know, but uh, it was it was nice to see the Astros do it. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and it was nice that uh, in a way. The Jays weren't in it, so I wasn't on the edge of my seat with every pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I found myself I, I found myself flinching a couple of times though, as 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 the ball crossed the plate. I go ooh, just you know, wondering what was going to happen because you can see it's going anyway. Uh, it was uh, it was good to uh, to be able to experience that this year. Good a good competition, and we have now met our uh, obligatory uh, commitment to talk about baseball on this show. And now that I guess that's it now till spring. Yeah, I'm sure nothing will happen over the course of the offseason. You're going to spring about. training, though. I'm hoping to go to spring training this year. Okay, That's so right. we can talk about that when that happens. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what are we doing today? Um, today, I I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some common questions I get. It's pretty common that either uh, somebody I know, if they get involved in, a, in an accident, uh, I'll get a call really early on. Uh, that'll say something like, what should I do? Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about a car accident. Yeah. And and then sometimes even in my office, we'll get calls, literally people from the scene of an accident saying, hey, I've been in an accident, what should I do? So I thought I'd try and give a little bit of advice and talk about, like, what do you actually need to do mm-hmm. um, kind of from a bunch of perspectives at an accident, but to make sure that you don't do anything that's going to hurt you later. Right. Because, as we've talked about before, it's not exactly like you're in a stable state of mind when that happens. You're a little bit in shock, Absolutely. depending on the severity of what's going on. But even if it's a little one, you're you're in a state of confusion. That's right. So the first thing that I, I tell anybody is get medical attention. And I, I say that kind of from a couple of perspectives. First off, health is the most important thing. And before 
you're talking to lawyers and thinking about legal consequences. Mm-hmm. You need to think about medical consequences and make sure that you're okay. So that's the uh, just the kind of health perspective. Um, but there's another perspective too, which is kind of flows from a, a legal perspective, in that you really want the accident and the symptoms from the accident documented. And going from your point, you're in a bit of a state of shock. People don't actually have a clear understanding or appreciation what's happened to them in the the minutes and even hours after an accident. Yeah, no question. Yeah. It's quite common for me to have clients who, uh, when I look at the file and either look at the police investigation file or get an opportunity to question the other driver involved in the accident, and the police report will say something like, no injuries, or the talking to the other person involved in the accident, they'll say, yeah, they, your client told me that they were fine after the accident. Hmm. And we know based on medical evidence and objective uh, documents that they're not fine. <laughs> and in fact, you know, years later, they're still suffering from symptoms from the accident. Sure. But what happens, uh, not to uh, sound like I'm providing a medical opinion, but the adrenaline takes over. And, and I think two things. One... Uh, you don't want to be kind of complaining and, and yeah. at an accident. Somebody asks how you're you doing. You just want the situation to be over. Yeah. And the other thing is you get the adrenaline. So, you know, you may have, for example, injured your neck, but at the scene, you, you don't, don't feel know. it. You don't know. Yeah. 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 And it's pretty common that later that day or uh, particularly the next morning, you wake up and you can't move. You're in so much pain that you had no idea uh, at the scene of the accident. So, so it's good to get medical attention just to have somebody document, look at what happened. The other thing is from a kind of a purely practical perspective is if you're in an accident, you don't go to the hospital, you don't go to the doctor, you don't go to a walk-in clinic, you don't do anything. If you're an insurance company looking at that, what's the assumption you're going to make? There's not, there's nothing there. Yeah, nothing. nothing's injured. Yeah. So you're not, personally, you're not in the best state of mind to judge whether there's something there or not. So... Take the time, go to a, at least a walk-in clinic to say, hey, I was involved in an accident, I've got some neck pain, I've got some back pain. You start to create that paper trail, and you prevent that perception of, well, there was no medical attention after the accident, and uh, mm-hmm. um, so therefore there's nothing wrong. Some people really make the mistake, they just think they're going to get better, and they'll wait two, three weeks. Yeah, to, I'll, just a little muscle soreness, they'll be all right. Yeah, and they yeah. wait two to three weeks before they go to the doctor, and then you know there's a real gap in my in my causation chain there because I've got this period of time where there's no medical treatment being received and no kind of objective reports to a doctor. So um, we can often get over those, but it's a challenge that is unnecessary. Just go get checked out by a doctor. Right. Uh, So the, in terms of, I mean, that's kind of just shortly after the scene, what to do while you're at the scene, uh, what is really easy to do nowadays that wasn't so easy a number of years ago is to take pictures. Mm-hmm. Right? So... And a lot of... You know what? I found a lot of older people don't think of that. A lot of younger people automatically do. Uh, even though I've had the capacity to, to take uh, capacity to take pictures with my phone for years, oftentimes when I have the ability and I should, I I forget... Yeah. that I have the ability to do that. It, it was interesting for me. I, I was involved in a little fender bender on Glen Ridge Avenue a couple of years ago. And uh, it was one of these chain events things. So, oh, yeah. Uh, somebody had stopped. I stopped behind them. Three cars back. Boom, somebody's boom, boom. coming over the hill. Yeah. Uh, hits. And, and I think there was five cars involved. And uh, so 
we're on Glenridge Avenue, so everybody pulls off uh, just onto a side street. Nobody, dude, nobody was injured. Yeah, so, yeah. And uh, so we pull off to the side street, and then uh, in order to exchange information. We all just pulled out our insurance cards and ownership, and everybody just took a picture of everybody and, and, else's and how and, and how wonderful is that? Here, I would be thinking about, have we got a pen and paper so I can write this? Yeah, it, was, uh, uh, it was interesting to see how easy technology made that. Yeah. And then, of course, before we moved the cars, we just took a picture so everybody could see what the lineup of the cars was yeah. and, and who was where. And all of a sudden, we'd kind of done as good an investigation as the police likely would have done in that scenario. Area. Yeah, remember the fact that we have that technology to take those pictures. Yeah, so other things to, to make sure pictures are taken of that can be really helpful. Uh, if an airbag deploys, make sure you get a picture of the airbag deploy. Okay. Uh, depending on the severity of the accident, uh, even if you can do it in the next day or two after the accident, very helpful to take pictures of the seatbelt. We're talking about what to do after a car accident. It's kind of a five-point program. We've covered two of them. Uh, a, the most important thing that we covered was get medical attention even though you may not feel you need it uh, because you don't know in, in one of those situations exactly what it is you do need, right? Yeah. Secondly, take pictures. Remember, you have a phone that does those kinds of things. That's right. Uh, and and we were talking again during the break. We forget that. Yeah, and actually just to, to kind of finish up that area, things to take pictures of... Uh, couple things people don't think of. I talked about the airbags. Yeah. You should also take a picture of a seatbelt, particularly in a serious accident, because mm-hmm. sometimes there can be wear marks on them. Uh, in addition, any property damage uh, to the vehicle, make sure you get pictures of that. Uh, before you move vehicles, take pictures of where the vehicles are. Uh, and if... Uh, um, if there's bruising and things like that in the days immediately following an accident, you should take pictures of all of the bruising Okay. because that will heal. And by the time you're questioned about it years later, you'll forget the full extent of the bruising. So just have somebody take a picture of those things so that we have a record. I don't, I don't want to waste time because I know we've got a lot of interesting things to get to before the end of the program. But we see these signs in, in Toronto, and I know what they're trying to do is keep traffic flow going. But we see these things all the time. If you can drive it, move it. Yeah. Uh, is that wise? Uh, I think it's fine, but take a picture before you do. Okay. Um, All right. Just so that there's some record, because yeah. you know you'd be amazed. I've had cases. I've had rear end collisions before, where by the time I get to discoveries, the story that I'm told by the defendant uh, was that my client put their car in reverse and backed up into them. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Which clearly didn't happen, but you, you never know what oh, the story... Oh, story, yeah, stories change. Yeah, yeah. you don't know what the story is going to be. Okay, uh, number three. All right, so um, other things at the scene. Uh, I suggest that people be somewhat careful with respect to their discussions with the police. And, and you have an obligation under the Highway Traffic Act to tell the investigating police officer what happened. So I don't mean like you're going to cause trouble with what you say to the police officer. Mm -hmm. What I'm really more concerned about is don't take your legal advice from the police officer at the scene. And and I don't say this as a criticism of the police because uh, many, they're doing their job. Many, most, almost all of them is very, are very good at investigating an accident and determining whether there's been a breach of the highway traffic act or a breach of any other law that requires a charge. They're very good at that. What they're not very good at is understanding insurance legislation and understanding how the civil courts work. Yeah, well, nor should they be. That's right. That's not part of their training. They don't know. In my experience, from what I hear from my clients, most of them have absolutely no idea what the term no-fault insurance means. Okay. (laughs) And 
they'll often tell people at the scene of the accident, don't worry, this is just a no-fault accident. That has no meaning. No-fault means, pure and simple, that there are a certain class of benefits you get from your own insurance company, regardless of who's at fault. Uh, many police officers seem to be under the impression that you can't sue because of a car accident anymore. and Because nobody's to blame, but that is not true. That is not true. So, and they're... So... I mean, and again, I'm not being critical because you know what? If someone is charged with murder, they shouldn't come see me because I don't practice criminal law, and uh, and they could find themselves in jail for a very long time if they listen to my advice. And if uh, uh, similarly, when it comes to civil liability and insurance consequences arising from a you car you shouldn't accident, take your advice from the police. Hundred yeah. uh, percent. You want to call a personal injury lawyer, and you want to get that advice from them. Okay. Uh, it is astounding to me how often someone is in my office and they say, well, the police officer at the scene told me this, and the this is 100% wrong. So either the person in my office misunderstood what was said or what was told to them was completely wrong. I'm not sure which because I wasn't there. And, and done with no ill intent, I'm sure, just just not their area of expertise. That's right. And sometimes it can be quite serious. People can think they don't have a right to make a claim when they do. So, okay. All right. Uh, which leads to the next one. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, in terms of, of an accident, I think um, regardless of the severity, you should notify your insurance company of the of the accident. Um, if you're injured, and by injured I mean like I'm experiencing any pain or symptoms whatsoever as a result of the accident, they need to tell your insurance company that, and they will send you an application for accident benefits. So speaking of no fault, that's no fault, right? Mm-hmm. It's this application for benefits. It will pay for um, medical benefits. If you miss time at work, it'll pay a portion of the, your your lost wages. And uh, in order to be able to make a claim for damages, so suing the driver responsible, you have to do that application. That's one of the, the requirements. So... Uh, at the very least, call your insurance company right away, tell them the accident happened, ask for the application for accident benefits, they mail it to you, it takes a little time to get there. And typically what happens when people do that is that when they come to meet me, which they might do days or weeks after the accident, they have that application with them and we're able to get those benefits started and help them complete the application. Now, there will be some people that say we were in this uh, altercation. It wasn't all that serious. Nobody was hurt, or so they think. Uh, oh, uh, we don't want to get insurance and companies involved. We don't want to do that because we don't want premiums to go up. We don't want to, you know, let's just handle it off the grid. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not a good idea. I think it's bad advice. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes it can be okay if nobody's in the car. So somebody, my car is parked in a parking lot and somebody dings it mm-hmm. and they say, hey, do you mind? Can I just buy you a new bumper and uh, we'll right. call this even? Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of harm in that. Um, but if I'm in an accident and... And both cars are moving? Both cars are moving and I feel even a even a twinge of of discomfort in my neck... Why would I want to potentially give up rights that I have in the future? Even if it turns out six months or a year down the road, I feel better, and it turns out I don't have a claim. Yeah. How can I judge that in the moments after an accident? Okay. So I I think that's I think it's risky. Okay. And nothing holds you to that agreement, right? <laughs> so you say, yeah, 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 we'll take care of it. 
Um, Except, again, some people will say, well, I was in this thing, uh, and I called my insurance company, and it turned into a big thing, and uh, they didn't even pay for the claim, and then my insurance rates go up, or they don't want to represent me anymore. And Now, I guess that may be uh, a problem of the insurance industry, but there are people that are leery of doing stuff like that. Yeah, I had had an interesting one uh, recently, and um, I had a client that did not want to make a claim through his insurance. He was actually very seriously injured. And I told him, if you want to have a claim, you have to make this claim for Mm -hmm. no-fault benefits from your own insurance company. He wasn't aware of that before he came to my office. And uh, and some time went by, he hadn't applied, and finally I said, like, this has to be done. We we can't go forward unless you do this. And and he had those concerns. He said, I don't want my insurance to go up. And I I had to sit down with him and say, okay, let's let's do this math for a minute. Let's say your insurance goes up by 50%, which is... I mean, that would be astronomical, right? That would I mean, be high, yeah. I, I'm, I'm using quite an exaggeration yeah. to say the insurance would yeah. go up 50%. And I, I set that out, and then I set out for him what the benefits of, of a claim would be, just in terms of what he would get from the no-fault claim. Never mind if we had a claim or not against the person responsible for the accident, but just the benefits that he would get from the no-fault claim. Mm-hmm. And he would get more from the no-fault claim than what it would cost his benefits to go up 50% for a period of five years. I mean, the math was just a no-brainer. So you, you say, like, what is this fear yeah. a- about rates going up when if the benefits that you're going to receive are so much more than that? So okay. yeah. um, I, I actually, I do run into that a lot, people saying, I don't want my rates to go up. And I say... That's why I brought it yeah, up, because I hear it a lot. Yeah, if they're going to go up $50 a month, but you're going to get... $400 a week. And you're protected. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and with a right to make a claim for potentially thousands of dollars more. It just doesn't seem like a proper consideration. Stick and thinking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Last one. Last one. So uh, another thing is, when should you contact a lawyer? And uh, like I say, sometimes I'll get calls like from the scene. And generally speaking, that's too early. <laughs> 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 um, what I say is, I mean, if you're clearly seriously hurt, you're hospitalized, there's, you know broken bones, things like that. It's obvious. That's obvious. You should really contact the lawyer, like, within a day or two. Like, get... Because we can get medical people on the file. We can make sure the benefits are flowing right away. There's no no reason to delay if clearly you're seriously hurt. If you're what we call kind of soft tissue injuries. It kind of feels like you got whiplash. You go to the hospital, they say, yeah, just give it a couple days, take some Mm -hmm. uh, painkillers kind of thing. Generally speaking, those claims, we want to take more of a wait-and-see approach because if you heal completely in a couple of weeks, then there really is no claim and no no way for a lawyer to kind of get involved and help you. So if it's kind of aches and pains and and, uh, you generally just feel a little bit unwell, generally speaking, I say to give it about two to three weeks. And then if you're not getting better after two to three weeks... Great time to okay. talk to a lawyer. All right, and that and and that's that's good information because that's the thing. Okay, now who do I call and why and when and am I doing the right thing by calling somebody? And that's that that's good. So that if you're not sure and you may be a self healer in in a week, you don't want to incur whatever uh, difficulty there is by going to a professional. But if you know, again to go to your point, like if you know you're hurt, 
Yeah, make the call right away. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Chris, thank you very much. Uh, time always flies by here. It's Legal Matters. Chris Richard of uh, www.gravesandrichard.com is the website. See Richard at gravesandrichard.com. Uh, Legal Matters uh, again a week from today. Yes, sir. That'll, that time will fly, too, I'm sure. <laughs>